I made sure to start recording before I open up my my power bar here, so... Oh, good, so that we get to hear you open your power bar. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... I, I listened back to the last episode, and I could... Every, every once in a while, I could hear... In my headphones, I could hear you taking a drink, like, real, <laughs> real close. Yeah, sounded like real right, close. right in on the mic. That's how I like uh, to... I want people yeah. not just to listen to the podcast. I want them to hear mm-hmm. the podcast as if from inside my own head. Yeah. And you now know? I uh, I'm not going to take a drink of milk. Oh, mm. man. <laughs> mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So We're we starting just, out good. Yeah, this is good. Actually, you know how I wanted to start out today's episode? How's that? I wanted to start out with a baseline test to see if you were uh, baseline as a replicant, uh, like Ryan Gosling has to sit oh, down for every time. Oh, no. Okay. okay. Just, just a real quick one. Just a real okay. quick one. Sure. Um, so I, you've seen the movie. You kind of know how it, how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what's it like to hold your child in your arms, interlinked? Interlinked. What's it like to play with your dog, interlinked? Interlinked. Do you feel that there is a part of you missing? Interlinked. Interlinked. Is that an old-fashioned word? Dreadfully. Dreadfully. You are not even close to baseline, Craig. <laughs> you are not. You are not even close to baseline. This is. Mm-hmm. We gonna. We're gonna have to talk to uh, the matron uh-huh. about this. This mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm, sorry. Yeah, because I delayed. That's that's how. That's what they're measuring. Yeah. Well, yeah. not just delay, but also all of the minute things that are happening on your face and mm-hmm. neck and all of those things. I, my neck was doing some real crazy stuff just now. <laughs> well, that's also mm-hmm. because you're swallowing a breakfast bar or whatever it is you're eating. Yeah, no fair. I'm eating while doing this. That should, that should, the whole, the whole system's tainted now. Okay. So, um, if anyone uh, doesn't know this week, we're doing Blade Runner 2049. If you clicked on the podcast, you know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, before one more thing before we start i realized last podcast i was I, I was using my mic but it wasn't working i was my laptop mic was picking it up see i wondered because it didn't yeah. sound as clear as your last jedi yeah yeah it sounds better now it should sound better now okay. apologies cool. apologies also i want to say this movie um uh at the risk of understating it <laughs> miracle of cinema it is a miracle of cinema <laughs> you you know what i like this mm-hmm. is the thing i i really loved uh blade runner 2049 as well upon mm-hmm. first viewing i've now seen it three times and i actually have some discussion points of uh that we might disagree on so this is good like because because last time people really enjoyed us not agreeing mm-hmm. i don't know if well, it's just the climate that we live in now but okay interlinked Th- Interlinked, dreadful, <laughs> dreadfully, uh, distinct, dreadfully. distinct. Um, so, uh, wait, uh, wait, wait. Before whoa, whoa. before you get into uh, the things that you want to, um, perhaps like we'll get into the actual discussion. I think we should follow what we did last time and do a quick synopsis for those who may not have seen it. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I love it. Do it, man. Do it. We should we should discuss as if we're not spoiling it. Oh right yeah, now. yeah. So this is this is non spoilers. Mm hmm. So, uh, but we will get into super spoilers. Oh my gosh, later. will we ever? Mm-hmm. We will be spoiled. Yeah, um, spoiled for spoilers. So, 
Uh, you want you do it this time because oh, I did the last sure. one. Sure. Okay. So yeah. um, I got to finish my power bar too. So. <laughs> Absolutely. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Blade Runner universe, there is a group of humanoid kind of uh, androids called replicants. They're called. They were built as like a slave labor workforce, and several replicants kind of got consciousness and wanted to be free, didn't want to be slaves, and like branched out on their own. Also, we're kind of violent, <laughs> um, and so there was a group of people put together to hunt down the replicants, the rogue replicants, and exterminate them. Those were called Blade Runners. They're kind mm -hmm. of like noirish detectives with really awesome guns, except they're hunting down replicants instead of humans. So mm -hmm. this time, this movie... Uh, starts with a Blade Runner who is a replicant. So the old Blade Runner system, the Nexus 8, has been completely... That's, what? that's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> but What? <laughs> that's kind of a spoiler. Well, no, I mean, like, this is... They, they tell you all of this right in the opening crawl. Like, there's text at the beginning of the movie. That Well, yeah, but... But I didn't realize Ryan Gosling was a replicant when I first started watching. Oh, like in the first scene, you know when he gets thrown. Well, yeah, you, a wall. you do know I mean, you do know right away, but it was it was a nice surprise. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Going going well, into the movie. Well, but, well, now now we ruined that for you, but that's okay. Okay, that's one little okay. that's one little spoiler. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, the 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 Nexus Eights have all been retired. They're trying to round up all of the old Blade Runner, uh, not Blade Runner, old replicants that are called Nexus Eights because. They're all part of that old flawed system and, and kill them. So the new Blade Runners are called Blade Runners, and they're going just eliminating the old ones and any rogue ones. Mm -hmm. And so Ryan Gosling is one. He's named Kay, um, and he is going around looking for – he goes to annihilate – he goes to hunt down a, a replicant, an old Nexus 8, and when he mm -hmm. does that, he finds um, a body buried underneath a tree – and it starts this whole journey of who was this body underneath mm -hmm. the tree and what does it mean for all replicants and humankind alike. And what does it mean for Ryan Gosling K himself? Well, yes. So the, mm -hmm. now that's like, I mean, are just general kind of plot points along the way, like really spoilerish. I mean, like, yeah. how far do you want to get in the, in the synopsis here? I feel like we've done, we've done good. I think okay. we've, we've done good. It's futuristic. It's slow paced oh yeah very. if you're going it if you're going in expecting a thrilling action adventure that's not what this is not at all no this is but, this is like a, a poem movie <laughs> but it is the most beautiful thing you will have ever seen even more beautiful than your own mother wow so yeah oh wait do you mean the movie mother right i yeah uh, your own movie mother that you own <laughs> yeah. yes yeah yes. it's this exclamation point this yes. is uh this is absolutely the most gorgeous movie maybe mm. ever. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's so beautiful to, to mm -hmm. look at mm -hmm. the entire mm -hmm. time. Um, that so uh, that is kind of the synopsis of the movie. It's very sci-fi uh, or speculative fiction. It's very futuristic. It's gorgeous. Ryan Gosling is amazing in it. Um, and they are, take their time. The cast is amazing. And yeah. you'll never see anything like it. Nope. Well, unless they do another one, which the they same. won't, because neither one were profitable when they were released. So that well, well, <laughs> but well, the other one wasn't profitable, and they made another one anyway. So maybe we'll they see. will make another. We'll one. see. It'll be another yeah. what forty years. I'm hoping. Well, I'm ho of course, I'm ho of course. I'm hoping I'll make the next one. Oh, I would yeah. love to see that. Um, uh, so let's. 
let's you, quick so just quickly you would recommend this movie uh absolutely although i would with a with a caveat some of you will be bored <laughs> oh well sure sure <laughs> yeah um yeah i would also recommend this movie inevitably some people will be bored by it but it's mm -hmm. uh, it is like a landmark of filmmaking in just in terms mm -hmm. of technique and mm -hmm. and visuals um mm -hmm. and that is it for the spoiler free section mm -hmm. shall we get mm -hmm. right down to it sure let's do it i already told you my gripe which is that it's slow it's really slow okay well see here, here's the thing the first time watching yeah. it i thought it was i didn't feel like it was slow at all except for one sequence when okay everybody so if you're never going to watch the movie ryan gosling mm -hmm. is a replicant the body he finds underneath the tree with the mm -hmm. uh, when he annihilated the old nexus 8 played by dave batista is uh the skeleton there's just a skeleton in a box underneath this tree that skeleton actually uh, gave birth. It was had recent died in childbirth. They say mm -hmm. was a old Nexus Eight model. They're not supposed to be able to procreate. Yeah. What? What happened? What? And what? then and then there's a date carved into the roots of the tree that seems to really blow Ryan Gosling's hair back. He just mm -hmm. his mind is blown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because he has a memory, uh, a planted memory, since he's a replicant, he thinks, I can't possibly have any memories. Spoiler! Yeah, we're in spoilers. Oh, yeah, I know. He has a memory of having a little uh, wooden horse as a child uh, and hiding it away in this old, like, factory. And yeah. and kids, kids going after him to try to take it from him. Yeah. So he and hides it. The date on the bottom of that horse is the same as the date carved into this tree root. So he's like, what?! What about my memory? What about my memory? <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. No, yeah, no. that's how he talks because he's a rep. No. That's how replicants talk. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, that's, no. Here he goes. Not at all. <laughs> Spreading the no. misinformation. Yeah. Um. Although, I so so the only the first time I saw it, the only thing I thought was slow was him when he got to that factory again uh, when he was tracing down this whole story. When he got to the factory. In yeah, real life. In real yes. life. When he was walking through it as an adult to like try and find if the wooden horse is where he remembers putting it, and it is mm -hmm. there, that entire thing felt so slow, because I already knew it was going to be there, and I already knew, like, well, of course. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I feel like, well, that was the first time you saw it, you felt that was slow. That was the only yeah. thing I felt was slow the first time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I felt there were several scenes the first time I saw it that were like, uh, like, Wow. They could have cut this up a little. Like they could, they could have. They, that shot, that shot didn't have to be this long. But it didn't. It wasn't in a bad way. I was just like, "Geez, they're sitting on this for a long time." Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. But I can see how someone would be bored by this. Yeah. No. And, and they really sit with things. That's part yeah. of the entire like yeah. texture of this movie mm. is spending a lot of time with yeah. things. <laughs> Yeah, and so the first time I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, this is slow, but I'm loving it, and it feels like I'm reading a novel." And it's like, like I, I, I have the t I have time to consider everything that's happening right now and everything in the scre on screen right now. How beautiful it is! Um, second time watching it, a little more boring because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so I, at first, at first, when I first started watching it, I was like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to be too bored watching this." But then after like half hour 45 minutes into it like nope i'm all in again i love this <laughs> i love this yeah uh 
So um, I, have, I have now seen it three times. I, I watched mm-hmm. it twice in the theater, and then last night I watched it again just in preparation for this. And mm-hmm. the third time is mm-hmm. when some things really started to fall apart for me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, plot-wise? Not plot-wise, because the movie is very plot-light. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, both the original Blade Runner, which, you know... Let me be right up front about this. I was not a fan. I, I, like, yeah. the first Blade Runner, I understood how beautiful it was, and I thought mm-hmm. that their vision of the future was very cool-looking, very captivating, but I, mm-hmm. I thought it was so boring, and I did, and it just took yeah. forever to do nothing. That one uh, is probably more boring i still loved that one though too yeah i loved it yeah Yeah. well the the thing that the thing that it kind of both of these movies do which is very interesting is that there's very light on plot but very very then on top of that very thin plot they toss all of this huge amount of like design and texture and like all of but then on top of that is this like (laughs) like tissue thin layer of philosophy you know like <laughs> like they're getting yeah. into the existential questions of what does it mean to be human and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. is is your is your job you are you know is your family mm-hmm. you what makes you a human what what makes you a true human all this stuff sure and so both the you the, might hear a baby crying in the background now sure that is my little replicant oh yeah those are they're born full full size yes. humans no, no, no. They do have uh, a bit of a rough time coming into the world, we find, in this movie. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Anyway, wait, you were saying? saying? Oh, yeah. So I was saying that this is, both of them feel like, basically like poems. Like, the movie feels like it's trying to be poetry. (laughs) Okay. All right. And it, I never felt it more than last night. Like all of the visuals feel like the perfect poem to me. They feel like all like it's all symbolism and it's all beautiful. And I, I, mm-hmm. it washes over you and just makes you feel mm-hmm. like weird, but it, <laughs> but in a like in a pleasurable speculative kind of way. Like you're mm-hmm. just like you're deep in thought. The movie makes you feel like you're deep in thought. But the third time watching it, you didn't like it as much. You're saying the third time watching it, the thing that really bugged me was most of the dialogue really (laughs) it's really Really? it's really like especially jared leto's dialogue it's atrocious and then oh it's oh it's a disaster oh my god and you had no problem with the dialogue and mother no not at all not at all because it was because that was all that was all functional in a way where that was nonsense it was not nonsense no 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 none of none of the dialogue in mother was nonsense well, it was, I mean, it was ob- it was obviously functional, but it it wasn't the way people talk at all. Oh sure. Oh, yeah. so people talk like Jared Leto. Okay. So. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Well, he was he's just an insane. He was an insane. We make reclusive angels. Rich dude. Once there were bad angels, now <laughs> I make good angels. Yeah. This barren land between your legs. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's it was so. It was such Wait, a high school poetry slam every time he opened you, his mouth. Are you are you just talking about Jared Leto here? Or are you talking so about all the dialogue? That's mostly like yeah. the, anytime they had somebody who was trying to really play up the existential philosophy of the movie, sure. Sure. Jared Leto was one awful every time. Every time he <laughs> talked, his performance right. didn't help. The way he played it was very kind of like quasi stone, semi interested, kind <laughs> of angry, and thinks he's God. Like sure, <laughs> and. And then there's also, 
later on we find out that there's this uh, resistance of new replicants kind of like mm -hmm. rising and the leader yeah. of them uh, is her dialogue's terrible too. Everything she says is supposed to be meaning, like really, really meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. But instead, it feels like um, she has no idea what she's talking about. She keeps, really? yeah, she keeps saying the worst piece of advice in any movie I've ever heard. And she, like, she keeps coming back to it. Like, this is the rep replicants uprising. This is their battle cry. To die for a cause is the most human thing you can do. Yeah. Like that, she keeps saying it and saying, and like, it's just, it is nonsense. No, no, no. It's, I mean, maybe it's overly dramatic, but it's complete. I, what I really like about most of the dialogue in the movie is how completely straightforward it is. No, no, it's no. Complete. Yeah. Every, exactly. Everybody yeah. except for these like characters who are supposed to place the weight of things on us. Like Ryan Gosling's dialogue, great. It's straightforward. He feels he feels human, the most human replicant mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Harrison yeah. Ford Harrison Ford's dialogue's fine because they're terse to the point people. Mm -hmm. Same with everything in the whole cop and morgue uh, situation. Uh, what's the the evil uh replicant lady? Um, uh yeah, her name I is I loved Love. her performance. I loved her performance. <laughs> I loved her performance. <laughs> sure. I like when she when she grabs uh, Robin Wright. Is that no? Yeah, Robin Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin Wright's hand with, with the glass. Yeah, yeah. And she starts saying she's gonna kill her, and like a tear comes down her eye. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is so intense. No, no, no. I she, love it. Her as yeah. an actress, she's amazing. She's absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic, and and the character yeah. is pretty cool. But like the mm -hmm. like. <laughs> that was her best delivery too because when she's crushing robin wright's hand holding the broken glass she's like mm -hmm. because he told you she like sings one of her lines <laughs> yeah <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> and i yeah. was like that's amazing <laughs> i love it i love it um i the jared leto part doesn't i mean i've only seen it twice yeah but, yeah. yeah but the uh that does not bother me in the least because I, because right. I, to me he seemed it's just his character. He just seems like an overly dramatic, very intense, self-important person. Right. Um, and the uh, uh, the the leader of the resistance lady that didn't that didn't bother me at all either. Because well, I mean, because they're she's a replicant, you know. Yeah. She, she's just she replicants can you know they can get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> As we've seen time and time yeah. again. Yeah. No, it's but, true. But I think there's more to um, this movie than just amazing visuals. Simple. It is a simple plot, but uh, the more I think about it, it's 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 an absolutely brilliant uh, plot. I mean, it, because of because of what it's saying. Basically, Ryan Gosling. Uh, um, K. His his K. His, or Joe. Joe. K Joe, is your like, name is, you're too important for K. You're Joe. One one thing that's similar to this and um, Last Jedi, which I like, is it completely undermines the idea that you're a chosen one, that you're special. Right, right. Uh, like K K is wondering, thinking he's the born the replicant who was born. Right. Uh, and then discovers that he's not, and then he has to reconcile that and realize that. What he's fighting for is is for the gr the greater good of everyone, absolutely, rather than himself. No, I love yes. that too, yeah. dude. Yeah. I get, I I'm totally with you on this, and it's. But to mm -hmm. me, like that's not plot. That's the texture, like underneath the whole plot. Because you're right. Like the mm -hmm. entire time, the the beginning of the movie, 
like Dave Bautista says, uh, you guys accept your lot in life because you've never seen a miracle. Which, mm -hmm. again, was like the first time watching it. I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be a little too heavy-handed? Is this going <laughs> to, like, is it going to be, is this entire movie going to be that end speech Rutger Hauer gives at the end of the first Blade Runner because I hated it so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that like, was dumb. I mean, that's what that's what Jared rain. Leto is like. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. He is tears yeah. in the rain. Jared Leto is yeah. just tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, like, I like Jared Leto in other things and just not mm. in this or Suicide Squad. But, mm. um, so, the entire movie sets up this idea of you are part of the system everybody is here you're not special this is what you you're designed to just fill, fulfill your function in our society right that's what mm -hmm. k does that's what his girlfriend joy does like which i thought she was amazing too anna de armas oh, is yeah. um, amazing and yeah. then um so everybody's fulfilling their function he finally thinks he's special goes mm -hmm. to further investigate further investigate and once he finds out he wasn't the replicant that was born because she keeps saying you're too special born not made pushed into the world wanted all of these things mm -hmm. when when he is told he's not that person then he also loses his girlfriend the thing that made him feel special when that ad the giant walking ad makes it so clear that all she is there is to make him feel special mm-hmm and, and he, to be new and to be nude well yes and to yeah. be like pink and nude it's that's yeah. true we're gonna have to yeah. talk a little bit about the whole uh treatment of women thing a little bit later if you're if you're up for it <laughs> well uh we i mean i i feel like that scene is bad but like is you, you feel like the other parts of the movie uh yeah i mean we, we can t we'll we'll talk about that in a second so like okay. uh, all of that like once he is brought back to actually baseline once he's brought back to base level mm -hmm. where he understands he isn't special quote unquote mm -hmm. that everything that he thought made him feel special were things that he surrounded himself with and kind of designed to make himself feel special i think that says a lot just in terms of like how we ourselves craft our own unique lives, mm -hmm. you know? And I thought that was really, really interesting. This movie is fascinating and I yeah. love, I love the things it's saying. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I also love that it's not really saying them. It's just, it's very straightforward dialogue and, and you have to fill in a lot of the, even a lot of basic plot points you have to fill in for yourself. This is true. Which, which I really, really like. I don't like it when a movie just tells me what's happening all the time. Yeah. No, I um, absolutely. Uh, like even, um, like there, there, there are several, even the whole idea of joy, that robot. Yeah. Uh, or that well, she, like AI hologram. She's yeah, not even, you, she's she not just, even an AI. She's a hologram. Movie, yeah, the movie just throws you into stuff and then fills in the gaps slowly later, or you have to fill them in. Like, uh, he's she's suddenly there. You don't. It's not like Ryan Gosling was like, "Well, I have to go home and talk to my robot or yeah, whatever." Yeah, yeah. Uh, she he just goes goes home. She's there. You don't know why she's there. She's just this thing that's there. And then later you see on on ads that oh she's a she's like a uh, a thing you can buy. Yeah, uh, and. But you don't know that without they tell you visually. They tell you with with ads on uh, as the as the cars fly by it or whatever. Yeah, like giant um, like hologram holographic mm -hmm. ads that you see yeah. appearing here and there. Um, like I love that too, man. And I but that to me like that entire to me the most interesting part of the entire movie was 
the joy and K relationship. Like that's mm-hmm. what really hooked me in. I was like, this is great. This is, this is awesome. First time watching it. I was like, this is interesting enough. And then mm-hmm. when he comes home and we hear that voice, we never see her face. I'm like, so something's up, you know, it feels mm-hmm. kind of like hurish kind of spike Jones is hurish for a second where yeah. he's just talking to the air. And then there is a arm above like attached to the ceiling of his living room that projects mm-hmm. a holographic image of the woman who belongs to mm-hmm. this voice and her name is joy mm-hmm. and she appears you know her function immediately because the first time she appears she's styled as a 50s housewife yeah like yeah. that that is her first appearance she's coming to make him uh to ask about his day how was he Not, nothing about how she's doing like sets down dinner lights his cigarette sits down says she wants to go out dancing changes real quick it's all about how she's going to make him feel Mm-hmm. You know, and that's again. This is this is very much like the perspective of the movie is from K, so it makes it makes sense that that would yeah. be the case. It does kind of feed into the misogyny conversation we're going to have in a little bit, but it's <laughs> but but that's also the function of the character, right? Right. I mean, um, and do you then, want to talk about? Do you want to talk? Oh, what? And then when? Okay, so he gets a bonus for killing. Uh, Dave Batista Nexus 8. Yeah. And the thing that he does, and this this is as soon as this started happening, I was like, oh, this is really fascinating. So he it's called uh um oh man, I can't uh, em- emitter or something like that. It's called an yeah. emanator. Uh, an em- something yeah. like that. Emul- emulator. Emulator. Okay. Yeah. So he attaches that to the device on the wall and she then is no longer tethered to that arm. She now has agency as a holographic woman, right? She can leave the apartment. He says, you can now go wherever you want. Mm-hmm. So you believe that she now has this, this agency that she is, maybe she is AI. Maybe she's not just a hologram. Maybe she mm-hmm. has the ability to leave and be her own person. So where's yeah. the first place you want to go? Up on the roof in a very beautifully romantic scene. She, yeah. she discovers what rain feels like on her holographic skin. And then yep. she goes but in you... for this beautiful moment with Ryan Gosling. Hold on, hold on. I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then as, right when she's about to kiss him, he gets a phone call and she freezes. And then he has to go back oh, to yeah, work and yeah. she's frozen there. And you understand she has no agency. She <laughs> right. is there for his purposes. And as soon as he gets to call to work, his home life freezes and he walks away. She disappears back into his pocket. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. That is crazy. Like the yeah. the way that made me feel was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. But it, it also she's designed. She feeds into his just whatever he his desire, and his desire is to feel special. Yeah. She starts call. She starts calling him Joe. Yeah, Joe. So, so you're too, you're too yeah, special to yeah. be called K. Joe. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he his, he feel he's he thinks he's a ch- like the chosen one, and and so she just feeds into that. Yeah. Even. Um, so it's more likely that she's just she's not really acting in her own agency at all um it's just what she's designed to do for whoever owns her yeah like they're you know? and i think and that is that that's tied in too because <laughs> at the end when that giant uh pink naked version of her like mm-hmm. like kneels down to like talk to him and point at him which is just the imagery of the whole thing is so <laughs> striking and then yeah. she then she says you look like a nice joe that's not a name mm-hmm. she chose for him. That's a name yep. that they say. That's their default name. Yep, yep. That's a shame. That's a shame. It's all so then, her but function. Then, but, but, 
that that makes it an interesting character moment because now he has to re- he realizes he's nothing he means nothing exactly but yet but yet he still decides to do the right thing yeah to, I love it I yeah. absolutely love it he yeah um, um, and then forgot what I, I was okay, gonna go say ahead. no something amazing about uh, something oh uh, <laughs> uh, another thing that I had to look up because I was unsure about. Uh, uh, the first time I saw it, which normally and, irritates you, but in this case, I guess didn't. No, because I, it, I wouldn't. I don't blame the movie. I blame. I blame. <laughs> I blame myself. Or oh, if it's like Denny Villeneuve gets the benefit of the doubt, but not Darren Aronofsky. Oh. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's that that he was intentionally being uh, uh, confusing. Nope. Uh, uh, or. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He was, not obf- he was. He was not obfuscating anything. It was all right there. Uh, anyway, we're mm, talking about Blade Runner. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. So, the... I mean, and, and I also don't need everything explained all the time. That's fine. If things are ambiguous, that's okay. Uh, in this case, it could be ambiguous. Um, the... Why does he have the memory? Like, why, why does he have this... Why was oh, this memory... Yeah, I haven't looked this up, but I... know. Why? Uh, well, he has the memory because... Okay, so the person who was born from the replicants was actually born uh, by Rachel and Deckard, the two characters from the first movie. Rachel the replicant mm-hmm. and Deckard the... Is he a replicant? No one's going to say, except for Ridley Scott, but we don't <laughs> yeah. all believe him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they had a daughter, and that mm-hmm. daughter has been isolated in a bubble making memories for replicants so that they mm-hmm. so that they act more human to have memories from your life makes you more human so she also puts her own memories into replicants and that memory was hers yeah uh which i didn't realize the first time i saw it uh and i, cause I was wondering why if if it was something that she put in in him or something that was put in him by to, the resistance to unravel to, the whole thing to unravel it or or to just distract but that didn't really make any sense no it was a coincidence um, yeah. that she put that memory in his head and he was the one to find the bones that was an well, element of coincidence some would some argue that uh she put that specific memory in in him intent to intentionally find the the wooden toy yeah or 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 maybe she knows more than she let on, which I don't think is true. Right. Um, but uh, or she put that memory in several replicants. That I th- uh, that yeah, I do believe. Yeah. I hadn't considered yeah. it, but like if she yeah. puts that as a grounding memory in many replicants, yeah. The because it's such a powerful memory for her. Obviously, she sees it when he looks. He's like, "Tell me if this mm-hmm. is a real memory or not." And she looks into the little viewing device. She's crying immediately. Like yeah. maybe that is like a grounding memory for her. And another another uh, thing in that fav- in the favor of that theory is um, what's her name Mariette, the uh, the woman the the third woman in the AI replicant or the second woman in the in the threesome. Oh uh, oh oh oh! That's yeah, another uh, amazing sequence, by the way. Yeah, just yeah, visually. Uh, but she um, uh, she f- sees the wooden thing and looks at it and is fascinated by it uh, in the morning. Yeah. The next day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe she has that memory too. She doesn't. The the um, she, because she has no memory of the object. What she's fascinated by, she says. She actually says oh, it's out wo- loud. It's wooden. Yeah. She goes. This this yeah. is from a real tree, and she said yeah. earlier that she never saw a tree. She's never seen a tree. 
the, That's true. The I I thought she was amazing too. Like everybody does every all the performances in this movie are great. Mm-hmm. They're just so like they draw you in and make so much more out of all of this. So uh, like another big theme of the movie in terms of like what makes you human or what makes you worth something as a human is this whole thing about of life, birth. Humans are humans are able to make new life and all that man is able to do is replicate life, the appearance of life. They can't make new mm-hmm. life. But Jared Leto wants to, I don't know his character name, I, uh, Wallace. Uh, Wallace yeah. wants to make, this is his last name. He's not like, that's not his first name. Wallace is a first name for that guy would feel weird. Wallace. <laughs> Wallace. Gary, Gary Wallace. Gary Wallace, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, says in order to no no civilization has had major advancement without slave without a slave labor population he says mm-hmm. that in the middle of one of his giant uh horrible diatribes which is fantastic <laughs> like he has little nugget nuggets of exposition and very mm-hmm. important thematic information woven into way too much poetic like gobbledygook which a lot of people mm-hmm. could consider this movie too there's like really important elements and they toss on top of it so much texture that you get lost in the texture instead of like the message. But he says, we need to create, uh, we need, I can only make so many. They need to be able to multiply themselves. Tyrell, who made the Nexus 8, cracked it, obviously, since Rachel was able to give birth. Um, and he can't do it without the child. That's why everybody's looking for the child. So mm-hmm. I think the idea that they keep coming back to where being born and the ability to give birth is the the thing that makes humankind special. And then mm-hmm. when they say that they know someone was able, like when the replicant um, kind of new wave army <laughs> of replicants show up, I think this is interesting too. She's like, she's like, uh, we can, we're, we are more, we can give birth. We can uh, procreate. We just need to like figure out how or whatever. And then Mariette, did you say her name was? Yeah. So she's in the room too. And she, she says more human than human. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> the, the, the moment I thought it was interesting that the moment someone who, who wants to believe they're so special, the moment they have the thing that makes the other person special, they then think they're also more special than that person. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's the yeah. idea that, and also, um, the lady, the military, love, the, the really hardcore lady replicant who kills everybody. She, mm-hmm. uh, at the end, her last line is, I'm the best one. Yeah. That's yeah. all anybody in the movie wants to be is the best. Yeah, they want, they want to be special. And that's they where want, all of the yeah. harm comes from, is everyone yeah. trying to be special. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and Wallace himself trying to be special. Uh, a couple things about Wallace first. Yeah. One, I want to I want to defend uh, the the dialogue again. All right. Uh, are you first, lo- are you looking uh, stuff up right now? Are you look are no, you just no, looking no. shit up to? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, no. Uh, uh, to me, it does. It, like it wasn't. It, it it totally made sense to me. It felt like he was right in character. He was just like very full of himself. Also, the guy is surrounded by robots all the time. No, he's not surrounded by people. He works with replicates, <laughs> and and he. So it doesn't, I think at some point he's like, it doesn't matter the literal thing I'm saying anymore. I'm just going to talk in, in metaphors, what's on my mind, you know? Um, number one. Number two, 
was he reading people's minds? Was he reading Harrison Ford's mind? No. With with all of I think he was with all of those with all of those little like black floaty things around. Right. So whenever like, he when he says let's see you maybe because yeah. because when that one when that other um uh replicant is born she comes out of like this like mm. like plastic like ziploc sack covered mm. in like amniotic fluid yeah <laughs> and like um he says let's take a look at you right love puts that little chip on his on the back of his head and that light glows on his neck which is so cool and his like foggy mm-hmm. eyes i just yeah. assumed he was seeing from i assumed those things were allowed him to see like more than three-dimensionally like he could see from multiple perspectives at once you think he was reading harrison ford's mind in in that case i think it was physical which also by the way if you're looking deeply into things all the time you're gonna talk weird i'm sure if that's all you see (laughs) uh okay two okay yeah in the harrison ford scene he's talking and he's always talking very slowly it's like it's as if he's 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 concentrating on other things while he's talking um and when he's when those things are floating around, he's talking to Harrison Ford. He says, um, you've done good to hide uh, all the information or something like that. He, he makes some comment oh. as if Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford doesn't have the knowledge That's true. That, he's look, that, that he's looking for. Like he can so, see that he doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So I think he's reading minds, which I, another thing I like about the movie is like it's, it doesn't tell you his abilities. It doesn't tell you what he's doing. Yeah. He, you just... Because he wouldn't in reality. He would walk into a room and just be weird. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And uh, that's that's why... Um, and and that's another reason why he talks weird. He's looking <laughs> at people's... Into people's minds. You know? The, like... Uh, that's another scene. Third viewing. Like, when Harrison Ford gets into that room, the room where the floor's, like, all water and there's just one little pathway mm-hmm. to it. The, so much of the design in this movie is, is, is beauty over function. Uh, absolutely. But like, I, it's and, okay with no, me. No, and that's okay with me, too. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But it, it all yeah. relates to what's important to this movie, too. Like, but it all, also relates, all of those it all, lights fill yeah. the frame with light and movement, but the characters are doused in almost silhouette-style shadow. It's like, yeah. look at this thing. Look at this thing. The people are not important. All of this design, all of this world is... But that's also that speaks to the characters and to, absolutely, to, I think that's to, beautiful. I mean, it's like it's like uh, Wallace. He cares about beauty. Like everyone's so full of themselves. He cares about beauty. He cares about things looking good. That's all he that's cares about. I, yeah. That's why everything looks like like that. It's all like unnecessarily elaborately beautiful. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, that's fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. think I think the I think the movie's rock solid. Uh, but I could understand being bored. <laughs> okay, well, so then yeah. that scene with Harrison Ford and Jared Leto uh, at the end was third viewing. I was like, this has to end. <laughs> like, this scene <laughs> has got to end. And then... The I like only... that scene a lot. I like well, that scene. I mean, I liked yeah. it the first time. And then the, yeah. the, last t- the last thing that felt like, oh my God, is this still happening? On my thir- <laughs> but again, only on my third viewing. The first viewing, I was totally in. I was swept up. I was so swept up in all of it. Yeah. The I mean, every viewing... time I see it, every time I see it, I'm like, is he reading his mind? Is right. he reading his mind? I think he is. <laughs> like, yeah. The ending on the stairs, when, Ryan got, when Harrison Ford goes into the, into the room with his daughter and Ryan Gosling sitting outside... We spend probably about 45 seconds looking at his hand, looking at him in profile, looking <laughs> yeah. at him from above, 
at like each time. So that by the end of it, you've been just staring at Ryan Gosling doing nothing yeah. for about, I'm guessing, two and a half minutes straight. And I loved it. I no, felt, and it, yeah. it, because the music it, it, is so great, the music yeah. underneath it's so great, and the visuals of it, everything. And the snow, it's snow falling, gorgeous. And uh, let's talk a little bit similar, about what happens in the similar future. ending. Similar ending in Drive, actually. Okay, see, so I, I I should rewatch Drive. That's one of those ones where we should like you should try to convince me. Like yeah. I'd much rather watch Drive again than watch Amore again. <laughs> well, we're watching both. So let's talk a little bit before the end of this. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want to take up too much time, and we're almost out of our three free hours on SoundCloud. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I assume we're going to end up paying for at least another three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Let's talk a little bit about the vision of the future, because that's awesome. And yeah. then let's talk a little bit about the misogyny. Or, since the vision let's, of the future is awesome, we can start yeah. with that, or end let's, with that. Yeah, let's do the, the less fun part. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in addition to, like, what it's obviously easy for people to look at it and be like well this movie is kind of misogynist because of all of the powerless naked women that kind of appear in it mm-hmm. like just from the using women's women as objects constantly which hey <laughs> Const- like, like 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 who like there's there's the um there's joy obviously yeah joy is uh, obviously an object the- then um las vegas is all statues of like mouth wide like women on their knees like but i wouldn't call that an example of misogyny on the filmmakers part to me that's just an example of the society's right no but they but the the society absolutely these are the things this is the defense for it then right this is what the filmmakers defense for it too is that everything went further as we'll talk about in the vision of the future it's projecting Mm -hmm. further the image of our present and the Mm -hmm. misogyny of now just gets worse and worse yeah. is is kind of like an interesting appeal for it and i am absolutely with filmmakers when they say depiction is not um promotion like people are like yeah. just because i but there are, there depict are certain, it doesn't mean cer- i'm promoting it yeah but there are certain examples of people guilty of, of misogyny oh of absolutely but but in this i don't see it as much in this movie well, like i think well you got robin wright who's a who's a, a leader she's like the only true human in the movie really <laughs> uh and because uh, we don't know if harrison ford is human or not right um and well and, I, and wallace is uh he's remotely human okay <laughs> but, so just uh, i'm just breaking it down yeah. on the like the bechdel mm-hmm. level not just not only the bechdel level but so the depictions of powerful women in the movie then you have love mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. uh the matron i think they call her uh uh Madam, or is she Madam? I think she might be Ma- Madam. Robin Wright character. Name. Oh yeah, 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 Madam. So you have love, Madam, joy. Every single one of them is about their sex. You know, like Mary- their, Mariette. their femininity. Mariette. Wait, why is why is Robin Wright about her sex? No, her name, Madam. Oh, it, oh she's guess... na- she's named for femininity. Like even yeah. though yeah, which is fine, but like mm. her character is so blatantly like powerful. Like, in a way where all she is is the job. She's, like, the chief, right? And those characters exist in, like, every movie. I understand that. But as one of the only, like, women of agency in the movie, she is, like, super stiff. She's a very stiff character. She doesn't have any layers. All she wants to do is stop replicants from finding out that they can breed or the huge war Mm -hmm. between humans and replicants will break out. That's her Mm -hmm. whole deal. Understandable. Love is kind of the main issue. 
with this here because oh, yeah. even when she's being powerful, she's getting her nails done. Yeah. <laughs> even when, and anytime she walks into a room to talk to another powerful female character, all they do is talk about what's up with Kay. So all they're going to talk about is a man and then love will kill her. Removing another powerful female. So it's like kind of like a cattiness kind of situation. Right. Every time she finds another char female character that Kay cares about or has influence over Kay's life, she eliminates them with malice. So that, that's true. That's kind of like a commentary on women that's not super awesome. Right. But that's also uh, not supposed to be a hero in the movie. No, you know, agreed. She, and agreed. she's... And she's uh, a replicant right but and i feel like they have they have uh that's programmed into them well sure you know? no no, no. I, under, yeah. no I, yeah. I understand yeah. the reasonings for this but just from like the larger perspective if these are our touchstones for the females you know in in the movie mm -hmm. then we come away with a very specific version of a female okay also so so in order for uh k to experience physical intimacy with uh, Joy, his holographic woman, he needs kind of like they did in her. They need a physical mm -hmm. person to come in and then they kind of need to sync with them right. replicant wise. After they all share this moment, the only time you see the two women alone in the room, Mariette and Joy, Joy's like, I don't need you anymore. Mariette's like, don't forget, I've been inside you. Not much there. And walks out all bitchy. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, so women don't can't talk to each other ever, apparently. You know? I mean I I suppose. I mean, I it's hard for me to uh, to really comment on this. Uh, well, no, this I mean subject, you know, but but because but from my point of view, it's like the only human. I, I was thinking this last night when I was watching this. The only Robin Wright is she's just the tough, uh, the tough cop character. Yeah, she's but the tough she's chief. also she also feels like the most human to me. She feels out of anyone in the movie besides Harrison Ford, uh, who feels pretty human even though he might not be human um she feels very human she's like she she looks she looks stressed out she looks she looks like she's <laughs> and she she talks with passion about about like when she right before she dies like she talks about how like well you're just gonna have you're just gonna have to kill me then like and she but she has pride in in her accomplishment of, of screwing over the replicants yeah no and replicants replicants are more unfeeling in that way and i feel like she she represented humanity in a completely gender neutral way and i thought it was beautiful all right you except know? for her name then which is well, fine yeah yeah <laughs> like which is fine <laughs> yeah. you're right we yeah. don't see a lot yeah. of humans in this movie she and jared leto maybe oh and the yeah. morgue attendant was obviously human <laughs> the way that he yeah. died so quickly and easily yeah <laughs> poor poor morgue attendant yeah yeah <laughs> um oh and the the orphanage owner yeah. Oh, yeah. He well, but then yeah. and so that he is just a terrible person as a human being. He's like, which yeah. of these child do you children do you want to buy for whatever you want to do yeah, to it? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, he's not good. He's, he's not, not a good person. Not a good person. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so um, so I understand all of those things. Plus, the movie is from Kay's perspective, which makes that scene between Mariette and Joy a little weird because Kay's not in the room. It's one of the only. Um, movie it's one of the only scenes that isn't from a strictly male perspective it's the only time joy mm -hmm. gets an actual perspective that scene's actually from mm -hmm. joy's perspective anyway i'm just thinking about that mm -hmm. is a little strange for me because all of these women in the movie are part of k's story so it's all through the lens of k which is a very male lens 
I mean, we're mm-hmm. looking through a very male lens this entire movie. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why these things, um, I think, function for the movie, even though they're not super, yeah. like, currently okay. <laughs> oh, wait, you broke up a little bit. What did you just say? I say they work really well for the movie uh, mm-hmm. and the perspective from which the movie is existing, even if it doesn't work super awesome for today's standards. Sure. Yeah. Um, but how would you, how would you, how could you do it different? Like, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's certainly ways to do it different. Well, you could do it so from then, a female, you could do it from a female perspective. Well, yeah. Um, so like the, if the replicant had been female, yeah. we would have had a completely different view of things, which would have been mm-hmm. interesting as well. But, yeah. um, but it would also have to do, there would be a re, there would have to be a redesign of the world, like from the ground up, like where misogyny didn't get worse or like Las Vegas, <laughs> like like mm-hmm. new, like Las Vegas stands as the monument to the misogyny that was, whereas today's mm-hmm. society doesn't have these giant naked glowing holographic holographic models. Or, okay, mm-hmm. we go to like Pleasure Town, where like he's just getting he's just eating and looking at pictures of a dead tree. Ryan Gosling is, and like mm-hmm. all around him are like behind smoked glass, like naked women getting having sex. You know, for they're prostitutes basically, and then there's mm-hmm. all these prostitutes lined up. If we had threaded in a bunch of like hot dude prostitutes, that would have helped. Or if like there's not just like holographic women walking around, there's giant holographic dong hanging down. Yeah, like, that's but, like... but then you, no, but but then you're assuming that all women just like dong and hot dudes. You're assuming you're assuming uh, you could still you could still see that as sexist. Well, sure, you know? but like then it's yeah. e- then it's equally sexist because you're you're appealing to the pleasure centers of both sexes. I don't know if that would I don't know if that would uh Well, would I'm just I'm just problem. I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. if yeah. you're going to be sexist, you have to be equally sexist or <laughs> I the think giant that, holographic Then you just <laughs> then you just leave everyone angry, I, I think. No, I'm, I, um, I'm going to disagree with that. Maybe we'll see what people have to well, say about this. Well, then this, it's just but... sort of assuming everyone everyone everyone's has a pleasure uh, center. I would assume that. Oh yeah, well, or everyone's thinking in terms of of sex. That's okay, it. so sex, yeah, so the only giant billboards are appealing to the males in the world. Uh, right now, in in, in Blade like, Runner, like, is that so? Like the so only men are I'm spending not, I'm money. I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm saying. I mean, the only way to really get. I don't, I think it'd be very very hard, regardless of what you do, to try to completely neutralize. Uh, any any sexual problems with the movie? Um, I think. But to well, do it, no, for, okay, it, go ahead. I'm sorry, my alarm's yeah. going off. <laughs> Apologies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, you, you like if you want to, you could do you could do a movie from a completely female perspective, which is pretty respectable because that doesn't happen as often. Or you could do a movie from a completely male perspective and just re, uh, remove any any mention of sex. In, or or any or sexualize anything at all, right? Uh, which is doable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but... that's like Demolition Man, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's there's sex in Demolition Man. Yeah, but it's a completely different kind. It's very chaste sex. That's true. Um, but, so... <laughs> but yeah, that... but uh, well, we could talk more about that. But that, I mean, that's the entire point. Is like, that's wrong. Like, like we should be having sex right now. You know. See, so look, yeah, the, yeah. well, that's yeah. true. Okay, so yeah. uh, de- the Demolition Man thing. So in order to still explore the relationship dynamic between, like, uh, Joy and Kay, but then remove 
the misogyny of the society, I guess we just get rid of the naked billboards and it's like a relationship thing, not like getting a joy model is more about having someone to talk to and having someone to share your life mm -hmm. with. She, you don't genderize her as much. She's more like a, like a roommate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you get rid of all of the, like you could make it about like a romantic relationship, but not, not delve into how they get intimate. You could mm -hmm. also, I guess mostly if you got rid of all could... the billboards and left Vegas as a key to mm -hmm. misogyny that was, and got rid of all the prostitutes, then maybe are people be... are people angry about all that imagery in the movie? Yeah, yeah. I, I I've I've heard rumblings of it. I haven't done a ton of investigation I into could, it. I could understand being angry about the whole joy plot and her and the purpose of her character, but the imagery of the statues and billboards to me is more a commentary on the problems of society. Not, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I to me that's not problematic in the movie. Right. No, but like a lot of what discussion happens now is like. By depicting the problem, you're now just reinforcing the problem. So I don't agree with that yeah. either. Like, this is another thing mm -hmm. where, yeah, I agree that the objectification of women in our society is a problem. And it's rampant, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. and we're seeing a lot of the effects of it. But mm -hmm. this, so Blade Runner could have depicted a society in which it was addressed already, I guess would be mm -hmm. the would be the, the other way to go instead of just being mm -hmm. like, Look at uh, look at a much more rampantly displayed version of our contemporary problem. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem here is we're just two dudes talking. We uh, and uh, we should and we should we should have a woman on this podcast <laughs> to talk about this. Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, we don't. Yeah, we we have a certain perspective. Oh no, absolutely. You know? The film had that same mm -hmm. uh, perspective, the male perspective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And so that can be the end of that discussion for now <laughs> we <laughs> okay. can leave that and get into the right. fun depictions of the future what were some of your favorite things about the future that they well showed? i saw i saw a making of where they uh they those were models like the the building that's so awesome the, yeah from the, what, like what the, a workshop the, right of, yeah and uh the uh like the junkyard was it southern california junkyard or whatever it was <laughs> yeah like where he's flying over that all of that meticulously modeled for like months and i'm sure they enhanced it with effects but but uh it was if, if you look at what they did it's it's mind-boggling how, yeah, how much gorgeous. work they put into that it's and gorgeous i love the i love the just the images of the cars flying through the foggy city and the junkyard with the music the music uh, was so all-encompassing uh, yeah. She, to see that in a theater, if you watch this at home, you have to pump up the volume big time. Or like oh, yeah. get in headphones and let it punish you. Because in the theater, <laughs> it was punishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was watching on headphones last night and it was awesome. It's just it incredible. Was, yeah. Uh I think the soundtrack without the soundtrack, this this is just this would be a crappy movie, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I'd still, I'd still probably. It depends. I, I'd probably still like it, but it's, it's, it adds so much, and the visuals, just like the, uh, we would have to do a lot to uh, make our future like that in the next thirty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but which I, very unlikely. But but they were also uh, they had to contend with the future as depicted in the first movie, and right. kind of I love the way that they did addressed a lot of the issues that we're currently having climate change wise los angeles mm -hmm. is always snowing or raining in the movie yes and i love yes. that so much i mean that's the way the the first movie was too yeah yep um and and that was even before we were all conscious of 
climate change. Yeah, so I guess the upgrade to snow is really trying to push the push that down, and then just yeah. the miles and miles. Like we've we've made a a portion of California our entire junk heap. Like yeah. the imagery of that is just so striking and depressing. <laughs> yeah, and every everywhere you go, it's like it's dirty and run down uh, technology basically, and uh, everyone's kind of kind of morose yeah well, well most uh, most most people we see are actually replicants in this movie and we're all stacked but, on top of yeah. each other too like like the apartment mm-hmm. building everybody's just hanging out in the hallway it's and there were humans there too because um skinner was written on his door fuck you skinner yeah oh and yeah so like yeah. he's they call him skin jobs the the replicants most, mo- most humans were not depicted well in this movie no uh no deservedly so aside, <laughs> aside from robin wright and and um the coroner guy, the coroner guy. <laughs> well, even he was like, used a derogatory term for replicants. Yeah, so I mean, that's it's true. like even he can't keep a lid on it. Um, that's true. Which, fair enough. Like, look at what's happening mm. in our society today. But mm. like, I loved the fields and fields of um, solar panels as he went out to the farms, the um, synthetic mm. oh, yeah. farming facilities. Those are awesome. And the the drone, his car drone. I like I like how oh yeah the car drone is awesome I like how they uh, how oh man it's just the, the set design like when when he's using technology like like looking up the DNA of the the kid yep like it's like it's like uh, it's new it's new technology it's newer technology it's more it's futuristic technology but it looks old and run down and crappy yep and then and. And everything around it is dirty. Absolutely. And, and they and they are not they're not using editing to to cut around bad set design. Everything is beautiful and slow. You, you, they make they make you watch and look at all the set. They're like, look at everything we did here. Make this, room, <laughs> this room. Yeah, but it's just, that's also just the way the movie is paced. So it doesn't feel like yeah. showy. It just feels contemplative. Like mm, yeah. it's gorgeous. And I love the way they they did the effects of Joy moving through, like like you were just saying, when he's looking at all the DNA records, like her mm-hmm. face pops through his face. And then she yeah. moves from one side of him to the other and yeah. like through him. And the way that they yeah. did and these things. And I love things, the, uh, in, you're, you're breaking up there again. Yeah. The, what did you say? The way that they did these things boggles my yeah. mind, especially the syncing up of Mariette and Joy. Yeah, the, the, the shot of... Um, of during that threesome, yeah. you could call it, the shot of the hands behind his head. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like like uh, 20 fingers uh, behind his head are amazing. Like, the thing that boggles my mind, mm. I, I'm not 100% sure exactly how they did it. Because the way that they're, the actresses' faces, they're, they're, they're making the same movements, look down and to the right, look up, move your hand here, move your hand there. But there's enough variation in it. And you can see both of their faces and eyes in inside of each other so that it looks mm-hmm. like performance. It looks not just like it looks like somehow they did the, the same performance to kind of like a click track or something. <laughs> and then they lined them up with CG in a way that just looks so amazing. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, did they it, do it on he, a green screen room? I mean, like, how did like what? What was it all to? Like, how did they do it? <laughs> like, well, I bet, I bet they they just they probably did it as close as they could, and then you know adjusted 
frame by frame adjusted the faces to like line up and it all just looks so natural unlike a lot of like cg human performance Mm -hmm. it looks so energy filled well done well done dennis villeneuve i love denis villeneuve have you seen have you seen a bunch of his other movies have you seen prisoners i have seen prison i have i loved prisoners uh arrival oh come on amazing come on did you see enemy I didn't see Enemy. You might hate Enemy because it's another weird. <laughs> it's a weird small movie. Well, I don't. I don't dislike weird movies. I just dislike Mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know this is not about Blade Runner. Real quick, I just want to say though, um, mm-hmm. there was another DGA podcast. Look it up if you're interested at all. It's fascinating. Uh, Darren Aronofsky screened Mother at the DGA and was interviewed mm-hmm. by William, uh, William Fredrickin, Friedkin. William Friedkin, who yeah. did The Exorcist and um, like yeah. uh, French Connection and, and all those movies. Like yeah. he, he interviewed him on stage and he went after him. <laughs> <laughs> William Friedkin went after him. Did about, he not like the movie? Well, no. I, it's hard to say because he sounded fascinated by things, but he goes after him about like, is this pro-faith is this anti-faith what's your faith tell me what you were doing like and he, and he like goes straight into it and it sounds yeah. like aronofsky's main message though he borrowed a lot from the bible and he talks about how much he borrowed from the stories of the bible um was environment was an environmental message yeah uh, like, I, like I, you said yeah I, I that's what i think dga um, podcast I, fascinating so tense yeah. to listen to as <laughs> sometimes yeah I, well, the French Connection's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, that's right. I loved it. We should, okay, we're watching that one for this, too. <laughs> yeah. Do you think yeah. people would watch if we talked about old movies, or listen if we talked about old movies? Or is this yeah. like, you got to talk yes. about newer movies? I bet there are people listening who aren't going to, don't even plan on watching anything that we're talking about. Uh, hmm. uh, I, yeah, I think they would totally listen. Oh. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of The French Connection. And uh, and would be like, oh yeah, what's that movie? And then they might listen. <laughs> are you? Uh, um, are you? Do you feel like we covered uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Um, yes. I feel like it's pretty. There's not a. I just like it too much to really say a whole lot, you know. Other than defending things you don't <laughs> you don't like. Uh, uh, I gotta say, the thing that I that I whenever I think about this movie, I think of one particular image, and it just like it plays on repeat in my head sometimes out of nowhere and it's just ryan gosling walking in that completely orange like landscape that image is so gorgeous i love that whole sequence it's incredible that whole whole sequence he walks into the house he walks through the house he almost almost trips over a tripwire yeah and he and he sees a creepy dog in a hallway and (laughs) plays the piano yep and then, and then the, oh, ch- yeah, and the, the chase through the, ah, through the oh, that's so good. The chase through the, the holograph lounge. Yes, the fight in the with Elvis. So incredible. Yeah, say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, ah. Anybody who doesn't watch the movie, he doesn't actually fight Elvis. Elvis is just a hologram of Elvis is singing in the background, and it's amazing. Yeah. So this movie works for me on on every level. Yeah. Like it's like thematically, I really like what it's trying to say. The plot to me is is uh, well done. What well, a story, well told. Not too much, no, like almost no exposition. Well, there's exposition. There's a ton but of exposition, like, actually. They just yeah. hide it under reams of like bad poetry. But there's also plenty of exposition that that is 
that isn't told to you. That's that's told visually. Yeah, that I love. That um, I love. And um, and it's not. It isn't a lot of dialogue. Uh, and, nope. And it works on a technical like the set design is the best you'll ever see. The the um, the music is amazing. The and what action there is is really good when when Harrison when they're fighting. Just the mood of it. The what. Okay, the the only thing I could say that isn't like the best I've ever seen is the editing because it's just it's just pretty straightforward editing. Right. Well, it's it's all <laughs> but, about yeah. it's all about lingering. It's all about it's all about yeah. lingering and thinking. And this is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, to, when you talk about there's not a lot of dialogue, I bet this two hour and forty five minute movie has the amount of dialogue that a normal ninety minute movie has. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'd say less. Less than many movies. Well, just it feels like less because of how much of the movie there is. But if you take all the talking scenes, I bet it would boil down to like a normal amount of talking. They just really extended all of the the imagery laden sequences of the movie. I bet it would still be less. You know what's interesting? I, I, that I, what? Well, we can be done with the thing. But like, <laughs> do you feel like this one is is more commenting on our current wave of nostalgia? Like, does this movie hinge more on nostalgia than the last movie did? Like, there's like an old 50s song playing when he walks into the apartment and she comes out in the 50s garb. There's like that holograph lounge. There's all these kind of references to the the world that was. There's like a little jukebox with a hologramic tiny Sinatra that pops up. I think this movie is all is all nostalgia because you don't even you don't even really see how humans live today aside from the kids in the orphanage well you see how uh, Kay lives and I, I would assume that the other apartments are similar to that uh, yeah but he's well he's a replicant well but, yeah but like but yeah. The, he he yeah. has all the trappings of modern life i mean like robin wright looks comfortable when she's sitting in his place trying to kind of yeah but, on him. but you don't see you don't see what she does when she's not when she's not At the work. cock yeah. You know? yeah 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 uh you don't see it i mean yes you could assume maybe people live similar to ryan gosling in his apartment but you don't see it right you do, um I would say, I, I, I don't know if they're necessarily intentionally just trying to be nostalgic. I just think that w- that would be his character. That would be um, Harrison Ford's character, I suppose. To to he said like that song plays, and he's like, I like this song. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just wondered if like the movie yeah. overall was was more if the society of Blade Runner twenty forty nine was a more nostalgic society than the society of Blade Runner. I'm trying to think if they commented a lot on kind of the world that was in the first movie, and uh, I'm not coming up with it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, I don't, I don't think. I so. mean, other than the fact that the whole thing felt like a noir detective movie. Yeah. Like, I guess that's kind of a. Oh well, I guess Rachel was dressed like straight out of the 20s. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so yeah, it was harkening back to the the noirish 20s time. I do think it's it's becoming more common now to. Uh, in this movie and Last Jedi, and there's probably other examples to look forward. Also, not just look backward, but like, like to to be anti the the like chosen one story to like yeah uh, to 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 because uh, I think a lot of a lot of movies in like the 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, where <laughs> 2000 it was all it was always about like the chosen one. It was always about the hero, the like the superhero yeah. who who is meant to save everyone and Yeah, uh, who who is fated yeah, to save everyone. Yeah. It was their fate. It's their destiny. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like we're we're moving away from that, which I think is I think that's great. Great. Yeah. 
Yeah, people need to <laughs> take a little bit more uh, responsibility for their ambition. Exactly, or or try <laughs> to do things not just for yourself, or for your own glory. Yeah. Your own glory. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mm-hmm. But that said, everyone should listen to our podcast because it's the best. <laughs> Uh, yeah. um i haven't sent you the poster yet i'll send it right after we get off okay i really um let's... so yeah thank you for joining us and listening to uh us talk about blade runner 2049 for a while wait should we speculate on what speculate on what we should talk about next oh uh yeah what do you what would you like to talk about What's next? Com- we talked about atomic blonde maybe oh yeah we could do atomic blonde we at some point we have to do a more and drive <laughs> oh, and the, oh man and the French connection. <laughs> well, look, you guys tweet either Craig or me uh, if you are enjoying this podcast. Don't tweet us about that, but tweet whether you would prefer we focus on like movies that are currently like kind of dropping to streaming, like Blade Runner 2049 came out on Blu-ray this week. Like Yeah. Or if you would rather we also discuss well, some older movies. Well, just tweet at us what movies you want us to discuss, whether they yeah, whether they're old or the new. People, Thanks to the pe- for the people who have dropped in on iTunes and left us ratings and some comments. That's really nice yeah, of you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, is there any movie that you want me to rewatch to talk about that I don't like? Um, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know that there is. I, I'm not going to make you suffer through Southland Tales again. Oh God. <laughs> Although there'd be a lot to talk about. I mean, that would. It's certainly not a boring movie. I mean, it, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just rewatched it last night. That's great. Um, and you're not a horror movie guy. I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about it. Uh, uh, I mean, I could watch it, though. We could talk about it. Yeah. Um, I might make you watch some horror movies make, eventually make, if I think there's an interesting one. Make me watch something that I'll hate. That's interesting, too, to argue. <laughs> and... All right. The next mother that comes along. Uh, uh okay he even talked he even talks about in the dga podcast why the exclamation point happened <laughs> why oh tell me why <laughs> no you gotta listen to the podcast uh, i can't turn this into the dga podcast no let's do the, recreate the whole podcast right now part two <laughs> part two of today's episode yeah it's really good it's a really good one i i, I mm. dig aronofsky though i think he's fun yeah i like aronofsky right. i mean and i like some, a lot of what he's done okay all right that's it seems like it seems like this is the end of the this episode all right. Yeah, I think so. K. No, not K. Joe. J- love. <laughs> K. All right. And. Bye. Scene. Scene. Oh, scene. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>